Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, welcome to the Terra Scottish Football Podcast. I'm not sure if this is going out on the main feed or the Patreon, so excuse me for that tardy introduction. Uh, my name is Duncan Mackay and I am joined by Leading the Lines, Chris Marshall. Hello, Duncan. Uh, hi. Yes. That's, that's, yes, hi. I think, that, I think that sums up. So we are here to talk about the fact that Scotland were beaten last night by Finland. Um and that result means that Scotland are now not going to their third successive uh, national championships, uh, having previously been at Euro 2017 and the World Cup last year. Um, I think we'll, we'll talk about the game first, because I think that's e- slightly easier. And then, and, uh, <laughs> and then we'll talk about the ramifications of not qualifying with two games to spare as being top seeds uh, later. Um what did you uh, what did you think of the game? Like, but like, but, okay. Before we even get there, before we even get there, like, because right, right, the first thing we have to do, we have to get, we we have to get rid of the elephant in the room. Scotland lost last night one nil to the most ridiculous goal I think I've ever seen uh, in 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 quite some time, and I, I and that is one of the most ridiculous goals. I, I can't actually think I've seen a more ridiculous goal at Easter Road. And I, as a Hibs fan, I have seen <laughs> a lot of ridiculous goals at Easter Road. Um, I uh, I couldn't believe what I was watching. I, uh, when when it happened, so obviously Scotland pushing for a goal because we needed a goal, um, pushing for a goal, and then. When Erin Cuthbert ran into Zoe Ness, I thought, uh-oh. And then Rachel Corsi had to be slipped when she was trying to stop the counter. I went, uh-oh. And then I was like, oh, my, this is going to actually happen. This is happening like this. And I thought, do you know what? 
annoying. Like we're gonna we're gonna go out, we're chasing the game, breakaway goal, <laughs> and then and then it got worse because then you saw Lee Alexander how do we how do we stumble? She was trying to come out to catch it. And even then she recovered and you thought, oh, Nick, she's recovered, we're okay. And then the the effort from Rantanen was pretty poor. Yeah. Alexander stops it. She stops it and you go, oh, right, okay. We, we, we've got the sliver of our chance of still making the Euros at the moment. And and then, <laughs> and then it collides into Rantanen's coupon and has a fucking temerity to not go straight in, but to bounce ever so slowly into the goal. And then the whistle goes... Yeah, and you're, uh, like I wasn't at Easter Road last night for uh, lots of reasons, but oh my god, I, I I didn't know what to say. I was by myself because I was alone, so I didn't know what to say to myself for about four minutes. Yeah, I, I was there last night, and there was a, this just this weird sense of shock that, that, that you know that it was it was just that it was just unbelievable um, to. To see it, that what what had happened, and uh, yeah, it was just like, like it was just a bizarre, bizarre end. And and what happened was obviously the what the, the final whistle didn't go immediately as well. That was kind of the worst part of it. There was still like this. Oh, maybe maybe you know, it was stoppage time. Be like, well, maybe maybe you get one what maybe one final chance to salvage something. But no, the referee decided who was a bit pedantic throughout the game. I thought um, decided to to wait a few seconds and then blow the whistle. And then oh, it was just a. Uh, a de- like you, know, a, an invasion of the pitch from the Finnish side, which is entirely to be expected. Yeah, totally because, justified. You know, they're, they're but and, and just the Scotland team just collapsing because, like, like the, 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 they were absolutely dejected and completely understandable. Um, I suppose, yeah, uh, it was it was a game. <laughs> it was a game <laughs> we've seen before, though. That that, that is Scotland's third successive one nil defeat. Despite being the better team in all three games, I would I would say um, I thought actually the difference in this game is that the the Scotland were, were a class above Finland in this game in my opinion until the final ball, um, and which was you know because we have been we have talked in the in previous after previous games that they've been quite sluggish, um, the tempo wasn't there, um, that that wasn't the case. I thought that the tempo was was really. Uh, good. It was much improved last night. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. When I was watching it from home, I uh, I thought exactly the same. Uh, but before we, I need to ask one more thing about the goal. Okay. Where I saw a couple of people tweeting how happy that the Finnish striker was to score, which I'm sure she was. But those were tears because she got blittered in the ball by blittered in the face by the ball, not an outpour of emotion. I think that came secondary, but we'll move by that. Um, yeah, I, I agree. I thought the tempo was um, much much better. Uh, we there was a lot of chat pre-match about how many chances we created in the previous two games, and I'm not entirely sure if I bought into that. We had a lot of the play, but did we create as many chances? As I think we said I'm not sure, but we created chances um, against Finland, um, lots of chances. Yeah, there was there was four changes going into the game. Did any did any of the uh, changes surprise you a little? Um, when I saw the team at first. I thought, uh, do you know what? Like, there's Jane Ross and we've got Martha Thomas both up front. We're going to need to score a goal. Makes, makes, sense, sense. To to, makes sense to go to up front, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I noticed there wasn't a left back, which was a little bit of a worry. And then as I was kind of trying to map the team out, Kirsty Smith, 
who I think's probably been one of our better players in the last couple of games, uh, probably our first choice right back, was then getting played at left back, which seemed risky. And I think actually within a minute, yeah, we, she, was, we really she wasn't really she wasn't comfortable. I, I no, think it's fair to say. And uh, she was kind of getting caught inside a couple, like coming in, because naturally she was going to the direction that she knows in, so she was getting caught coming inside. But within the first minute, Finland nearly scored after a kind of poor pass out from Jen Beattie. Uh, but then as the game transpired, other things developed. Um, Jane Ross, penalty box striker, second top goal scorer, I think, for, for Scotland, was kind of playing on the right wing. No, no, most, most definitely was. I'm trying to balance. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was a weird one because I think, Jane Ross and Martha Thomas did a power of running, like they, like yeah. they, that was really impressive. The whole like the, the uh, last night, but it it was odd because I, I don't, I don't, I, I don't, I can't say that I see Martha Thomas playing regularly at club football, but I would have thought you would, you would put Jane Ross through the middle, and you maybe that maybe playing out wide isn't Martha's game. Well, don't don't play out wide, and and it also meant. Uh, Aaron Cuthbert playing out on the left again. Not, I don't think the best well, place to utilise yeah. her. And, and I know we are missing Claire em- Emsley, who whose crossing was has been sorely m- missed, uh, especially these past the, the game last night and on Friday. But it just my my impression is that the system has become too rigid, and now it's a case of we we're trying to put uh, square pegs and round holes. I, th- I think that's I, for me. It felt like a bit of a tactical, like last roll of the dice last night. Um, you're right to mention Aaron Cuthbert. I mean, I again. I think we talked about this after the the Finland game. I was totally at a loss as to how Aaron Cuthbert was being used in that game. Our most dynamic player, the player that everybody kind of looks to moments and she was on the it felt like she was on the fringes again it wasn't mm-hmm. really until we were really chasing the game um but even then and, and that happened again last night <laughs> yeah yeah um happened again last night and even then when we were really so i, I mean first half as there was chances um kim little i mean she still did a power of of great things um she maybe she had the one chance but she worked a bit of space in the area um, and she maybe could have finished it with a bit more oomph but yeah first half we were it felt like the Finland game in Helsinki but we as you said at the start we literally just turned up the notches a couple so we had a bit more tempo it felt like it had more purpose um, I thought that our best outlet in that game was Lisa Evans and I was a little bit um, disappointed to see her maybe start further away from the goal However, that is a role she plays for Arsenal right? and that kind of wing-back role she has done that. But even then, this season, she's been getting pushed further forward at Arsenal. So it felt like our most... Um, Valuable. Potent, yeah, yeah, yeah. Potent, uh, potent creator from the wing, which is which is what Finland did. They they, they blocked up, they played five across uh, midfield, really, yep. and just blocked. The, they, they basically said, you're not we're not allowing Caroline Weir and Kim Little the space to play their game. You're gonna to have to come you're gonna to have to come down the wing. Yeah. And I mean I think that, that says a lot for the ability of somebody like Kim that she still managed to play her game to a certain extent. Yeah. But yeah, I think you as you mentioned Claire Emsley and that was she was mentioned a lot and I think that's right too because the one thing that Claire Emsley and Lisa Evans do, particularly when they're playing together, is back post running. You, you see it time and time again when it comes to Scotland. There just wasn't any of that. And that's not a, a criticism of the players that were playing. They were, as you mentioned, 
there was some square pegging and round holes going on and we lost something that had been a continuous threat, not just this campaign, but for campaigns previous where we have got to the final stages of tournaments. Yeah. I mean, is there, is there anything more you want to say about the performance last night? You know, it's, it's a difficult one because the performance itself wasn't that bad. It's just that the the results have continued to be poor. I mean, it's, it's uh, three straight losses. I'm trying to look the last... The, well, the last time that happened was back at the start of uh, 2019, albeit that was uh, dealing with the, the friendlies and, and the Algarve Cup, which are not necessarily the same as, uh, as competitive games last night. Um, you know, it, 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 I suppose there is that element of... is Is the... You know the definition of insanity is continuing to do something like the same thing <laughs> again and again without proof it's wrong. Or like I, it, it was kind of that th- impression I got was last night as if if Scotland score the floodlights gates are opening. So is yeah. this actually a bad? Is this the bad thing to be doing? But then to be that that sh- so shot shy, easy enough to say after <laughs> a long day at work. You know, uh, to be yeah to be that ponderous in front of goal like just the lack the just the lacking that clinical uh element in the box just seemed across all like, across all three games and in the, even even you could say that for the albania game which you know was a, th- a 3-0 slog um yeah. although they didn't really lay a punch um it, it speaks to seeing something more there i don't know i um my my other takeaway from the performance was our final ball wasn't good um, like repeatedly and that as you've mentioned that this isn't a new thing and I think my my takeaway from those you, you mentioned the Albania game and, and obviously the Albania game and the Finland game away um, I kind of put them down as to, I, I gave I gave a pass a rustiness blip Finland away was always going to be a tough game Albania at home we got the points but as, as you quite rightly say it was stodgy um, I think it's a, a polite way for it Um but I, after the Portugal game, which obviously we, we haven't really chatted about, but the Portugal game, I was worried. There was a there was a level of lethargy in that Portugal game that really worried me. And then we started this game so well, and I thought, oh, actually, do you know what? Whatever's happened, we fixed it. Um, and then, as you say, I, I messaged you during the game and said, if we score, we'll qualify. But we haven't. And and now we're out. Now we're out. And all of a sudden, all these wee things that kind of stack up in your brain, you kind of just put to one side about, I think we're going to move on to the greater good now, but <laughs> that move, that, um, you kind of put to one side because you know what, we're winning and we're qualifying. All these little threads are starting to fray and it's just like, what's going on? And I mean, some of the things that have come out kind of post-match in the aftermath, not today, of course, but in the aftermath, um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, th- I think yeah, I think that's probably the the right place to start. Really, I mean, post match, it was it was a strange. I mean, a fair 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 play to um, Kim Little, uh, Caroline Weir, and uh, Lisa Evans for fronting up oh, yeah. because Christ, I know I I know I I wouldn't want to do that so soon uh, after a game, and especially like, I know it's a small thing, but on a, on a bite in cold night like as well, just having to to stick around uh, whilst the backdrop is. A, a national team celebrating, like do you, whether whether you like it or not, like that, like they were, they like they were, they weren't rubbing it in their faces and stuff, and it was, uh, but it must have been gutting because you know it was there was at one point you know Anderson Yall was on her phone, like obviously being in contact with friends and family, a lot of the players were coming out on their phones and stuff like, that. and at the same time, Scottish Scotland team are having to do these flash interviews with with um with with the media, 
Um, I th- a lot of them were, were obviously they're all consummate professionals. I thought Lisa Evans's comments were probably the most telling in terms of like I mean she was absolutely gutted and like what the, I think the bigger thing that well the, the dawning realization and we'll, well I'm get to my point eventually, <laughs> um, <laughs> but is that so many of these players either play in England or have played in England and the the idea that they are now not going to be part of that tournament like Lisa Evans Lisa Evans was absolutely distraught like she she was talking about not being in the country when it's on and stuff like that which is completely understandable because um because why would you want to because you know the, the, we've got so it, you don't want to say golden generation because because you know the game's not been uh, around so long in Scotland to, to say that but this is a team that is underperformed um, one of the things that, that Lisa Evans talked about was everyone needing to up their levels of professionalism. I think that was that was very interesting. What what did you take from from that? Um, yeah, that was that was a big takeaway, and it was there was kind of two main takeaways from the three. And you're absolutely right. Fronting up and to do those cannot be easy, especially when some sometimes and. Uh, you experience this doing them sometimes as a person asking the question you ask absolute rubbish that nobody wants to answer you don't want to answer nobody wants to hear but that's what people want to hear yeah, but, well, uh, so, yeah. it's the contractual obligation that everyone's going <laughs> yeah. through but like it's not uh, there are some players that enjoy speaking to the media there was no one was wanting to do that last night and I don't even think the interviewers were really like you know, it was an obligation for them to ask but like what what are they going to say other than I'm devastated yeah, exactly. So it's it's one of those scenarios where it's just like nobody, nobody's winning at life. But um, yeah, to, to get back to the content of them, the, yeah, the thing that really stood out for me was the the self realization that it needs to be better from all all of them um, um, and professionalism. It's absolutely. I mean, it screamed out of the least seven one in particular, but it was kind of referenced in either directly or roundabout terms by by the other the other two. Um, yeah, I mean, you mentioned the fact that these players are playing in the WSL. Is, WSL is now the biggest league in, in the world in women's football. Um, I think I think the, the influx of the American talent that's come in has certainly just pushed it on to that other level. These are players that are living a professional life in a professional environment, day in, day out. They have to adhere to standards if they want to get a game for these things. This isn't players playing in the championship in England, for example. This is... Arsenal, Man City, like the best teams. And and a lot of our players are playing and not just playing, not just being squad members, but being integral parts of these very good teams. Absolutely. I mean, Kim Little's Arsenal captain. She is a a bona fide legend down there. Um, And I think the, the message of professionalism having to be better, we have to look at ourselves. We have to look at things we should be doing better. I mean... It, it was, I mean, especially from Lisa, as you, as you say, Lisa was definitely the one that was very much had her heart, heart on her sleeve the most. I think I think they all did, but I think she was letting it beat loudest um, yeah. uh, last night. And um, yeah, the, that professionalism and then you're asking yourself, well, why, why are they saying this so much? Why, why, are they, why are they ramming home this point of professionalism and we should be better? Why aren't we better? We know we should be better than this. It, it just... Yeah, I think it's, it's, a, it's a weird one because there's... We can't always say that about the men's team. You know what I mean? Like, we can't say that, that they've, uh, to a degree, underachieved... Well, we, we have always said they've underachieved at that national level, but that might just be a national psyche thing rather than, um, you know, 
the fact of the matter is, if you take the hundred, the best hundred players in women's football, more than a handful, you would you would have five to ten of them. You could make an argument for Scottish players being in that top hundred. You can maybe get one or two in what in the men's game from Scotland if uh, if you're lucky on a, a push, um, and. Yeah, I th- there must just there's there is something I'm not sure what it is, but it seemed that the the that there's whether it's um, and it's something that, that we talked about earlier that that uh, an interview with Rachel Corsi gave after uh, joining Birmingham City, and she talked about the still, and this was before the the run of uh, the run of, uh, these run of games that these four games uh, or just after even after just after the Albania game, where she talked about there still being an element of hangover from the World Cup. Um, that that now uh, eighteen months on is a is a bit of a worry. Uh, I w- I would be worried about. It. Yeah, um, I I I was worried about. It. On reflection, it's hindsight and all that. But um, I think when you start look at that, I mean, my my takeaway is like there's always been a lot of chat, but this has been addressed. It's been addressed. We've all had a collective chat, and we've come together and we've talked about it. If that's the case, then why is it still getting brought up 12 months, 18 months down the line? And why are players talking about it still having an effect on their mentality? That that was my big worry. But like, if it's happened, we don't know. What, and this is the other thing. We don't really know what happened, which is always going to be the big mystery about this. And I think it almost begs the question about whether we should have got to the situation where we're now calling back this yeah, and the dynamics yeah. involved. But... Um, uh, yeah, I think the fact that it, it's still niggling as a thought, and that it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's she's telling. Yeah, that, yeah, she's one of the most. Ex- yeah, she's our most one of our most experienced players. It's telling that that is still out there um, in the, the sphere, and that that must be in the camp like that. Even if that is an individual thought from Rachel, it's something that she's put out there in a kind of public domain, and I'm sure we'll, there will be conversations round about it as well at the time. I was going to say, like, not that everyone thinks that we're we're being um, too too judgmental or whatever. Like, is there a sense that 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 Scotland being top seed was potentially a bit of a false um, a false thing? You know, that that's the, that's the first time we've been top seeds. We're in a group with with Finland, a team that we have we've only now beaten once in twelve encounters. Um, Portugal are are no mugs. Like, wh- were we? Did we give ourselves a false sense of expectation that we should go through, or should this have been a group that we have, maybe am I be, am I being a bit too uh, easy to be won over and saying we sh- we that yeah we should have, well, I'm not not even top the group, but I've been been in playoff qualification. This is a failure. That's that's a fact. Um, Scotland were top season. I think I think there's definitely you can uh, attribute a false equivalency to how seasons work, particularly women's football just now because it is progressing so quickly. But um, it was a tougher group than I think people were willing to admit. Yeah, Finland, obviously, Anna Signal in charge. Notice she's almost kind of the reason why Scotland have kind of got to this point. Portugal, a team that beat us at the Euros when we qualified in 2017, they are developing quickly. I, I, I was confident we would qualify, but I was very aware that the teams under the Finland and Portugal were not the same level of teams that we have faced in groups in the past. Mm. That, that, that they were they were a challenge above, and I suppose one of the things I've I've kind of pondered a lot since the World Cup 
Um, and I, I kind of saw it a little bit last night as well. Was this notion of like unlucky, <laughs> um, and we'll get them next time. And that is what is that is what dogged our men's team for years and years and years and years. And with this women's the, with the women's national team, we didn't have that. In fact, if you look at how we qualified the World Cup, we've even got a wee splash of luck in doing that because of the way that the results panned out for us in that final day. And this this is a team of as we talked about already, high caliber footballers in a global context, and they um, they hadn't they hadn't had that plucky little loser. Um, a tribution to them and particularly with the goal the way the goal went in last night and people were saying oh, that's so Scotland and I was like oh no we're, I don't want to go down this path because mm-hmm. as soon as we start going down this path it gives it, it gives you an excuse it gives you an out doesn't it yeah and it becomes and it becomes like a thing and oh look yeah we fucked up again but we've done it in a really fun way so that's so it, it, I'm not having it and I, I don't think any of them want that either the one thing you will always get when you speak to any of the, the players in the Scotland squad and I'm fortunate to kind of spend some time speaking to a few of them is that they, they don't want this molly coddled unlucky well done girls lassies ladies no they want to have the same standards and for that they, they will be and they, this is why I think last night you saw so many of them be so frank in what they were saying. So I suppose we have to we have to put last night behind us to degree. Um, what also we saw last night was Northern Ireland qualifying. Uh, who are they're, they're going to go to the playoffs, which is a huge achievement for a league that um, you know, plays midweek at the moment, doesn't it? There's like their their setup isn't isn't any even that like you. If we think the that our gap to the to the English to the women's Super League in England is is big, then it's nothing compared to to what's happened in Northern Ireland. Um, but you know we've got we've seen the departure last week of the of Scotland's performance director. We've still Ke- Shelley Kerr referenced it recently that the the review of the women's game or some sort of thing where how they're going to spend this money two years after Scotland have qualified for the World Cup. Do you, you know in 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 that time was also we've also had a new chief executive in, in Ian Maxwell come in. Do you think this is basically I won't build up to it is do you think Shelley Kerr will still be in charge at the start of our next qualify qualification campaign? Well oh, there's a big question Duncan. Um I I find it telling that we are recording this a full day after the game and there has been nothing um come from anybody about the situation. Um, I think that the the spectre of Paris is far bigger than I think people have either known. It, it was one of those things that, that was behind us, but it was like a giant moon that could, that, yeah. could, that could either go away or it actually would turn around and face it. Yeah, and, and when you were looking at social media last night, that was getting referenced a lot. That mm. that moment, whether it's put to bed or not, whatever's happened, that that has been part of it. Um, this this is a squad that, at the very least, has a strong World Cup qualifying campaign in it. Um, players that are c- coming into the peak of their career. Um, I think there are things that worry me about the future of women's football at the moment. Um, I think the the jump that women's players have to make from under nineteen at international level to the full full side isn't a sustainable one. It isn't a fair one in the players. So is there um, no, like just so there's no under oh yeah, twenty one. There is there is no under twenty one. Uh, there is no Scottish one. 
Okay. Uh, so th- there is another 20 age range, but Scotland doesn't have a team that compete at that level. So it's 15s, 17s, 19s, and then the first team. Um, but Scotland doesn't have a, something that bridges that gap. It's a question I've asked, actually, Shelley in the past as well about, well, like, should that be something that they say? And it's, her belief is that it was. But I think whether Shelley is going to be there to oversee that next step, I, I'm not sure. Yeah, because um, I think that, that, that leads into my... Um, Final, my, my final question, I suppose, will come up like you know that will probably what happens will dictate what we do with the February fixtures. You know, is it as you said the 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 profile of the squad doesn't lead to as it sometimes does. You know, with failed qualifications campaigns in the past leads to people retiring from international football or anything like that. But again, it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me if some did because you know. When we think that when we see male uh, athlete, male male footballers retire from international football, um, you know people get get a bit um, put out by it. But I, I could completely understand it more on, on the women's side, largely down to just the sheer amount of games and commitment involved. And I know it's different because the, the pinnacles uh, is higher. Um, you know, in the women's game, in terms of international football, is very is clearly the zenith, despite uh, what they're trying to do with the women's Champions League. But yeah. I, yeah, what 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 would you do around these two dead rubber matches in February? Would you be looking at trying something new, or you build building already for for leading into to the twenty twenty three World Cup? Um, I when I look at the, the the team that are available just now, I don't I don't see how you change that in terms of the best 11 we put in the park. Now the the formation they play in and who plays where. Yeah, I mean. Back to basics. Play people in the right position they might be playing in. Uh, I mean, the one that gets me with Scotland at the moment is Rachel Boyle, one of the best players in the SWPL. She plays as right back for Scotland and she's a natural midfielder. And I know she's played there in the past, but it's not what she plays week in, week out. And to do that jump from SWPL, where, let's be honest, some of the games in the SWPL are not are going to be the same standard that she's playing at international. And then to put her in a completely different position seems strange. Um, but to, in terms of what we we'll do for those two games, if Shelley's in charge, I'm not sure what happens. I don't, I don't see how it changes anything. Um, how, how the the things that have the the events of the last month or so, how that gets flipped around. They've already had a, a hard reset conversation apparently after the World Cup. Can you have a second one of those? Can get like can you? Like fool me once, yeah. Fool me, yeah, like, me twice. Yeah. Like, can you have a second hard reset? I'm not saying it's not. I'm not saying it's not possible. But can can you realistically have one of those? Given that you've done one and it's not worked. I mean, we we, we haven't glazed over it, but I mean, it's still two games left. That we're talking about two games that Scotland should, at the very least, be involved in the qualifying conversation for. That now mean absolutely nothing. Um. So yeah, it, it's hard to see how this situation resolves itself with everybody still whole. Yeah, it does feel that there's going to be, there needs to be uh, some sort of intervention. I'm not sure what that, what that looks like. Uh, and if I did, I would, you know, be a betting man and I'm not. So, uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah. Um, yeah, it's just, a, it's a, yeah, I, 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 I'm going all, all Ian Cathro there. Um, I don't really know what to say. I'm still, 
still hugely like scunnered is the, the only word I can describe how that, what my mood has been like since uh, about half past nine last night because I just um, yeah to, to crash but, out yeah. in a in a such circumstances is just um, just crap basically. Yeah, I like one of the one of the, the the tropes that was getting said a lot last night is it feels so bad because we've come so far. And do you know what? Yeah, do you know what? There's an element, there's an absolute element of truth in that. But again, it's that kind of it shouldn't feel this bad. It should. And I and I there's always very much conversations about the emotion in women's football and like how do people relate to it. I'll tell you something, man. I was as gutted as I've ever been last night after that game as I was when Serbia equalised against Scotland for yeah. the Euros. That that didn't feel light or nice or, oh, you know, I'll brush it off in the morning. I, I am still, as we joked beforehand, by the time I finished uh, what I need to do this evening, I'm either going to be in tears or I'm going to be livid. And I haven't <laughs> I haven't found that equilibrium yet. But, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, sorry for <laughs> sorry for for making you feel this bad. Uh, <laughs> still, twenty four hours after the game, um, but yeah, Chris, thank you very much uh, for your time. I would thoroughly recommend that everyone checks out Leading the Line, the podcast website, and everything that goes with it because uh, uh, you're putting a, you and Campbell uh, and other contributors are putting on that power of work, and it deserves to be recognised. And also give a shout out to your, your lovely personal essay that you did on the Clyde uh, just the other day so you should be all following uh, Chris's work uh, online where, wherever you can oh what, what a kind man and yes I, I am a bit dis- a bit desolate at the moment but gotta believe and gotta believe uh, next stop uh, will be the World Cup in Australia anyway it's been all with England it's a shite hole ah uh, crap <laughs> right cheers thank you for now bye Podcast Network.